Morning, guys. Welcome. Um, today is going to be different than usual, um, which will be noticed by those of you who call Terra home. And just as an FYI for those of you who may not be as familiar with us in that, uh, we are, as Matt said, going to be celebrating um, some baptisms that will be happening later today in a little bit. Um, uh, those will be taking place at Raphael and Susan Olgeen's house because we have two services now. We're doing those baptisms that on an occasion where everybody who needs to be there can be. Um, but you guys will be privy to hearing those stories ahead of time, which we will show on video in just a little bit. Before we do that, one of the other things we like to do here at Terra Nova on an annual basis is just take some time in what we call the state of the church to review um, with you like the things that God has been doing, where we've been, um, and, uh, and then to preview where, Lord willing, we see ourselves going. And so we'll take a few minutes here to do that. Now, normally we will follow a state of the church address with a town hall style meeting downstairs uh, as an opportunity for you guys to ask questions you may have. We won't be doing that this year, mostly because of time and space issues. But I do invite any of you who have questions to seek out Pastor Matt or myself and to ask those. Uh, we would be happy to dialogue more on any questions you guys may have. So needless to say, guys, the last six months have been a challenge and have been strange, unprecedented, at least in my lifetime and probably yours. Um, we have found challenges on multiple fronts. Um, COVID-19 has brought with it unique challenges of social isolation that many of you guys have experienced and just in general disruption from life as we know it, right? We've had to reinvent ourselves as individuals, families, and even as a church. What does it look like to live in, a, in an era where we're having to actually distance ourselves from one another socially and physically? We've also been living through, um, coincidentally perhaps, but at the same time, a volatile culture and world that we live in, especially surrounding themes such as racism and inequity um, that are existing and, and points of tension in our culture today. It's as volatile of a political uh, environment as probably any of us have experienced in our lifetime. It's a lot. And the, the reality is that stuff hasn't abated. It hasn't gone away. We're right in the middle of it. So we've had to press into several themes as Christians and as a church over the past several months. We're going to have to continue to press into. Um, that stage isn't behind us, and now we're moving on to bigger and better or different things. We've had to explore themes like how to um, deal with disruption in our lives, how to continue to live with the truth before us that God remains in control. And we've had to talk about how when we're faced with disruption to what is normal to us, we're faced with a, a crossroads, a fork in the road every time where we're either gonna respond in dependence upon God, deeper dependence in, in, in light of this challenge and this trial, or on the other hand, it's gonna turn to despair and we'll be devastated by these things. And the good news is that that isn't a one-time decision we make, and if you chose dependence, then you're on the right track and gonna stay there, and if you chose to be devastated by the disruption, that, well, you're stuck with those. No, every day, God's mercies are new. Today is a new day. Today is an opportunity for you to choose dependence in the midst of what still may feel like chaos and disruption in your life. So we've pressed into that theme in our messages and in our tribes, which are our small groups here at Terra Nova, and in many one-on-one -on -one uh, uh, one -on -one conversations, we've grappled with um, this very timely and relevant and in-our-face issue of racism and inequity where it still exists in our culture. We've wrestled with where that exists, with what it 
how to respond to that, and we've talked about the need to start with looking objectively at ourselves in the mirror um, as a, a place where we um, cultivate humility in our own lives before we start to figure out how we address the differences of opinion we have with those around us or address the issues in our culture. Um, we'll need to continue to be intentional to press into all of the above. It doesn't end now and now starts a new chapter in the sense of these things are all behind us. Um, and the reality I want to acknowledge is that there's going to be, as these things continue to go on, a temptation to bury our heads in the sand, I think. I know, I know that's been the case for uh, myself and my, my wife. We were talking earlier this week just about how overwhelming it is and numbing even, or maybe we're numbing ourselves just because at some point you're just like, I don't know what to do anymore. This is too much. Um, and so what we are going to need to do as the church and as brothers and sisters in Christ is continue to challenge one another and encourage each other not to do that, not to bury our heads in the sand, but to respond appropriately. And we need each other to help carry those burdens sometimes when our faith is weak. At the same time, we don't want to be so hyper-focused on these specific, unique things in our time that it leads to crippling anxiety um, uh, or leads to a divisiveness in our relationships with those inside or outside of the church. Okay, so there's a balance to be struck there. So we want to remain aware and engaged, and we also want to be filled with, and I'm going to use this expression, the ballast in our souls or in our spirits of the point of view of God throughout all of this by remaining grounded in his word, and as the word talks about walking in step with his spirit, who gives us power to go through things that otherwise we could not go through on our own. When I use that word ballast, I'll unpack that a little bit because I, I love the, the metaphor. Josh, I was going to ask you before the service to correct me if I was wrong about any of this, so you can now correct me afterwards. Ballast is what is in the bottom or I think the hull of a ship, um, whether that be water that's allowed to flood in to a degree or stones or cargo, to give that ship stability when above the waterline it's being buffeted by the winds and the waves. We need, oh, I got a thumbs up, awesome. We need ballast in our souls for times such as what it is that we are going through. Ballast is simple things, but true things, like remembering and leaning into that God is in control. It is not cliche or trite, or at least it doesn't have to be. Daily, we need to be walking in that reality and that truth. Ballast are things like worrying more about faithfulness, something we can control, rather than fruitfulness, the outcome of our actions, changing things the way we would like to see them be changed. Ballast are things like working to see God's kingdom come now on earth as it is in heaven, while also aware of the reality that it's not going to come completely to fruition until Jesus returns. Ballast is, are things like understanding you don't have to wait until your circumstances change in order to know true contentment. The Apostle Paul is the one who taught us that when he said from prison, I have learned the secret of contentment in all things. When he had just experienced suffering and persecution and seen many whom he loved be mistreated, he said, I've learned to be content. And contentment isn't indifference. Contentment unique to the Christian who has the Holy Spirit abiding within them is peace. Peace in the midst of the disruptive circumstances you may find yourself in. And what allows for us as Christians to have that peace is not anything special about us. It's the fact that we have hope in Christ um, as that ultimate ballast in our boats, the boats of our souls. So we want to remain engaged in all of these things that are hard 
without being consumed by the challenges, disruptions, and injustices all around us. And the best way that I know how to do this is to keep on doing what we are called to do and to be as a church, to be a people who are about the great commandment and the great commission that Jesus talks about. The great commandment being love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Love God. And the great commission being, well, don't keep that to yourself. Make disciples of others. Share the good news with them. Or, to put it differently, to know God and to make God known. At its core, that is what you and I are called to do and to be as Christians. We talk about that at Terra Nova in language such as being mystics and pilgrims and missionaries in terms of how we work out knowing God and making him known. As mystics, we seek to know God and and to grow in our knowledge and understanding of him through being a people who are in the word of God, the Bible, and a people who are worshiping him, seeking to do that together and apart. We seek to do this through being pilgrims, that idea of being on a journey, but not in isolation, the best we're able under the circumstances, but together, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, as the Apostle Paul talks about, in community, through loving one another, serving one another, challenging one another, bearing one another's burdens, and so on. That's what it means to be a pilgrim. And then finally, to be missionaries, those who are ambassadors of the good news of the kingdom of God that we've seen Jesus bringing time and again throughout Matthew's gospel so far that we've been in here at Terra Nova. And we do this through both proclaiming the good news of the gospel and demonstrating it. It can't be one or the other. It has to be both with our words and with our deeds in front of a watching world who is longing for more, especially at a time like this. So these are the eternal, internal, and external focuses of any church that's on this mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus. And I'm gonna use those lenses to walk through with you briefly where we've been and where we see ourselves going in the weeks and months ahead over the next few minutes. As mystics, those with an upward focus um, of just seeking to know our God better um, through the word and through worship, well, one of the primary places we do that is on a Sunday morning here at Terra Nova, and of course, we've had to reinvent ourselves over the past several months, especially in that March through April, May, and early June timeframe. And so we made the adjustment from um, gathering here, centralized here, to doing it online, and it wasn't ideal, but I tell you, um, we are better positioned than at any other point in time in history to have bridged that gap during such a time frame because of the technology available to us, and I'm grateful for it. It's not the same. I wouldn't want to go back there. I hope we don't have to again, but we made the best of it. And so we moved our online, our, our teaching and our worship online. One of the silver linings to that was while we decentralized worship here on a Sunday, <clears throat> families began to discover um, how precious and intimate it can be to worship together on those mornings, Sunday mornings at home. And then as we were able to expand that a little bit, small groups started to be able to do that as well. Um, during that time frame, we had an Easter Sunday service via Zoom, which was the only time we tried the live online all together at the same time option with 100 people. And it worked out, you know, crossed our fingers, but um, we didn't push our luck. That was the only time we did that. But it was special. Um, it, we made the best of it in terms of gathering on Resurrection Sunday to worship together. During the last several months, And especially while we were under those stay-at-home orders, we held bi-weekly Zoom prayer gatherings. Please know that during that entire time frame, you, Terra Nova Church, were being interceded for, prayed for, 
by those in our congregation who, who just had a burden to be praying together. So we did that on Tuesday mornings and Thursday evenings, and that was such a precious time for some that the momentum has continued despite the fact that we can do so much together now, and they continue to meet to pray for our world, our church, and for each other. So that's kind of where we've been. Here's where we envision ourselves being this fall. First of all, we hope that at least status quo for the restrictions remains, if not are loosened even more so that we can continue to gather in person like this. We'll continue to um, work through what Jesus is showing us from the Gospel of Matthew throughout the fall. And then when we hit Advent like we did last year, we'll turn a corner for those four weeks leading up to celebrating Christmas and enter back into our Names of God series. We started that last year with four of the names of God from the Old Testament, and we'll continue that with four fresh new names this year. The connection, by the way, is just that all those names that we have for God that he um, made us privy to in the Old Testament, all those things find their ultimate fulfillment in the person and work of Jesus. And so we look forward to getting back into that series come Advent. This fall, we're also going to create uh, a venue for us to continue to grow as a people of prayer. Prayer is one of those things we know. We know we should be praying, just like we know we should be reading the Bible. But I think for a lot of people in our congregation, I've heard it expressed how increasingly um, important and burdened in a good way people have felt to be praying and interceding for our world and our church and for each other. And so we're going to um, kind of do a hybrid of praying together and studying prayer through working through Paul Miller's book, The Praying Life, and figuring out still venue for that, whether that be online or in person. More details to come this September. So if that's something that piques your interest in an area you'd like to grow, just stay tuned and we'll share more information on that with you. So that kind of covers in brief um, eternally, as mystics, as people who are called to know God and grow in him, some of the ways in which we've seen God at work and some of the ways we look forward to that continuing in the months ahead. When it comes to our internal pilgrimage, as those who are seeking um, to grow together in community and um, doing this through caring for one another, praying for each other, um, through uh, sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron, through uh, equipping each other to, to use our gifts, through leadership development. Here's where we've kind of been, um, and then I'll talk about where we're going. Where we've been. Um, one of the ministries we love at Terra Nova is called Redemption Groups. It's a counseling ministry. Um, where it's unique in that it's counseling in the context of small group community. We started that in February and we're rudely interrupted by this whole COVID-19 thing halfway through. And if you know anything about counseling, that, you know, the intimacy and the trust that's needed in that context is of utmost importance. So all of a sudden not to be able to gather together in person was a big question mark for us as to whether or not we could continue. But we decided to give it a shot and continued th uh, through the Zoom um, platform and honestly, it was just God's grace that we saw so much fruit come of that time in those people's lives and his providence in that we had been able to have four weeks already of that ministry where we'd been able to gather in person and build momentum in those relationships. And if you're interested, you can go on to our YouTube page and one of the channels we have, I think that's what they're called, playlists, is Terra Talks. And under that, you can watch some of the testimonies of those uh, who went through redemption groups and what God did in their hearts during that time. And that kind of leads me to talk about Terra Stories, um, which was a new initiative that we started over the past five months to capture stories of people within the life of our church that otherwise we may not be privy to. Something we'd been wanting to do for a long time, but that this being at home really catalyzed um, because we just needed ways to be able to share with others in our church what God was still doing, the work he was still doing in our 
congregation's life. And so um, that was fruitful as a way to make you guys aware of how God was still at work um, when you may not have otherwise had a way to know about what he was doing in other people's lives. And so you can find those stories on our YouTube channel, and we, we plan to continue to do that indefinitely. And we invite any of you who have stories and accounts of how God is working in your life or around you to share those with us. We would love to get that word out to the rest of our congregation. Um, because not being able to meet in person was such a challenge in so many ways, we had a lot of ministries that were on pause. Um, and so I want to talk about now how some of those will be, uh, Lord willing, relaunched this fall since we have less restrictions now. Um, some of our discipleship ministries include <clears throat> our men's and women's ministry. So our men's ministry is called imago. It's a Latin word, means um, image of God. Um, but our men's ministry really focuses around our annual men's retreat. We almost thought we weren't gonna be able to do that this year because we typically retreat together as a network of our three churches, which is like 100 guys. And that just wasn't really manageable for us to figure out how do we do that well and safely in light of everything going on. So the decision was made by the network of our three churches to decentralize that and have location-specific retreats, which at Saratoga we've decided to move forward and do. And so we're looking forward to that because a lot of our guys have not had in the last six months, maybe more so than usual, any real set-apart time to seek the Lord um, and to do so in the company of brothers in Christ and to just hit that reset button. And so we look forward to that opportunity for you guys on September 17th through 19th at Christ the King Center over in Greenwich. All the information that you could want and more is available online or you could just ask myself or Pastor Matt if you have questions, but we encourage you guys to take advantage of that opportunity. We'll be taking all the precautionary measures that are being asked of us, but because the weather will still be nice and Christ the King is in such a beautiful location in Greenwich, most of our time together will be spent outside. So shouldn't be too bad in terms of the restrictions and feeling the weight of that. Poema is our women's ministry. Poema is a Latin word that for masterpiece, comes from Ephesians 2 uh, verse 10. And our ladies just met this past Thursday as they began to envision what is this fall going to look like um, and decided that they're going to have an event the following weekend after our men's retreat on Saturday, September 26th in the afternoon, probably at Saratoga Spa State Park, but somewhere outdoors just to be able to get our women collectively together and be able to minister to one another um, for some time of uh, being in the word together, worshiping together, and just fellowship and encouragement. So be on the lookout for more details for that in the next week or two. Terra Talks is another initiative we started back in 2019, and this was creating an opportunity for an alternate venue outside of here on a Sunday morning. Um, where we could go deeper in some of the most hot-button social and moral issues of our culture, as well as hot-button doctrinal and theological issues within the church. And of course, there's overlap between all of that. And we just recognized we needed a venue to be able to talk more thoroughly and in detail about those things. We're looking to, to restart that late October, early November, just because of the timing of everything. Uh, we'd love to do it even sooner, but that way at least it's around or slightly before the time of the election, because we feel like we need a 2.0 conversation about what does it look like for the church and for Christians to remain unified in such a politically divisive culture. Um, and that isn't just an out there thing. It's an in here thing. It's an in here thing, right? So we want to start again objectively looking ourselves in the mirror and just learn how do we coexist in a way where we're loving one another while holding to our convictions well 
And while we deeply have deep convictions about these things, we have hope that transcends those, that enables us to still love those who believe differently than us. So that's gonna be kind of the focal point of that conversation is unity in the midst of a politically divisive culture and keep an eye out for more details on that. That may be something we have to do later in the afternoon when we can come back and gather in a larger space here in order to be able to collect a larger number of people rather than on our smaller space next door. So that's where we've, um, that is, where are we here? I'm zooming along in my notes well past where I was. So that's where we've, or what we're anticipating when it comes to some of the discipleship ministries re relaunching this fall. Um, a couple other things, leadership development-wise, just wanted you to know that our, you know, many of you know and love Madison Wyman. He's entering into a pastoral ministry internship, has kind of <clears throat> uh, semi-officially already been in it, but then COVID and all that. Um, and Madison, who's sitting right there next to Christina, his wife, um, has just had a, a growing heart for um, teaching and preaching and, pa and, and, and shepherding people and is just exploring what that means for his life. So we're grateful for the opportunity to fan that flame. You'll see him doing anything from preaching on occasion to probably facility set up and tear down and everything in between, including editing videos such as the baptism video you're going to see in a little bit. Because we believe that leadership development is really important. Um, and the other way in which we're exploring that is through our uh, Explore Eldership Collective. Um, this is a new initiative that kind of falls in between some other leadership development we've done in the past, between um, a leadership development collective and our elder process, where those who are interested in exploring what to do with this sense of calling on their life to step into the role of pastoring in a local church um, can do that. Um, over a 12-month period of time with Pastor Matt and myself, where we're going to wrestle with what that looks like and means through examining the role and soul um, of an elder. And so two guys over the past couple of years have expressed increasing interest in that. Reuben Todd, that many of you know, as well as Paul Feckett are gonna be stepping into that to just continue exploring what that might look like for their lives. Okay, so that takes us through the internal pieces of community life and discipleship here at Terra that we've seen God working in and that we anticipate that he'll continue to. Finally, when it comes to um, externally, our focus as missionaries um, called to be ambassadors in word and deed of the good news of the gospel. Um, that was a challenge, probably the biggest one over the past five months, especially in that uh, March through May timeframe when we were you know, at home, most of us, for the most part. But one of the interesting silver linings of that were the number of stories I heard over and over again of how that prompted uniquely relationships and conversations with immediate neighbors. You know, Jesus says, love your neighbor. And I think sometimes we'll think about that applying universally, and that's true, but he at least meant it literally in terms of the people who live right next door to you. And, you know, it, if it took something like COVID, so be it. But um, uh, lots of stories of people sharing how by virtue of those circumstances that were shared with their neighbors, they were able to enter into meaningful conversations and even serve one another, run out and grab groceries for each other in unique ways that wouldn't have happened otherwise. You guys, many of you also stepped up and met some practical needs that um, surfaced over the past several months from clothing donations to Young Lives, uh, which is a subsidiary of Young Life, um, but focuses on ministry to young moms, um, to food uh, donations to the SOS um, food banks when they reached out with specific needs. Some of you served at the Salvation Army's uh, drive-through food pantry that they did a while back. And some of you contributed towards um, a fund in which Terranova could provide a special meal to the urgent care workers over in Wilton early on in the pandemic when, 
you know, they were working overtime. So these are some of the ways practically you guys stepped up and met needs that were rising in our broader community, and we're thankful for that, for you guys being generous in those ways. Church planning continues to be something that we have a heart for. Um, we are the product of others who've invested in us. We're only eight years old, and we are, in that sense, a, um, an older church plant um, than the ones that we now support, but a portion of our annual budget goes to support other young startup churches, including Terranova North Adams, as well as Engage Albany, a church just, just getting underway down in the city of Albany. When it comes to previewing where we're going to be going on mission in the months ahead, that one's a little bit trickier for us just because of the unknowns and the things that remain uncertain to us. A lot of that will happen organically, even as some of the examples did over the past few months. But we want to encourage you guys, as the heart and soul of this church, um, to reach out to us with ideas that you have or needs that be, you become aware of. Because so oftentimes, mission has happened at Terra and in any church through the grassroots movement of where God has placed upon multiple hearts of the members of a local church a need and an ability to meet that need. And we want to empower and equip that. So don't hesitate to find Matt or myself or to reach out to us if you become aware of ways in which we as a church can be engaged in serving our local community. Okay. So that, that was a, a race through, a flyby um, of some of the ways God's been working in our church family and things we look forward to in the days ahead. Um, but one of the most encouraging things for me um, was maybe back in June where we began to get a bunch of people who were reaching out to us just saying, listen, like God is, is he's awakening stuff in my heart, in my life. I'm feeling called to be obedient to him in these various different ways. And a big part of that was six different people saying, I just feel like the Lord is leading me to be baptized. Whether that was they've been a longtime believer but just had that conviction or more recently came to faith in Jesus and are just following him in obedience um, in baptism. And so six people um, have been or are being baptized this month. Three of them the, from the Hopkins family, those of you who know um, Ben, Lucy, and Abby were baptized in mid-August because two of them had to go off to college. And three of them are being baptized later today, including, as Matt mentioned a little while ago, a couple of the younger generation in our church, which is exciting. And so I, this is what I'm most excited to share with you is really not anything I have to say, but their stories of how God's been at work in their life and of how he's led them down this path that they've been on toward obedience and being baptized later today. So I will turn things over to them. <laughs> 